Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And after last week where I was very smug on Twitter saying, ah, I'm going to make a bit more effort into making the sound sound really good and put a bit more time into the edit, and then I fucked it up. Uh, Sorry to the people who had the fucked up version. But thank you to Jane, who said it added to the excitement, and Nina Nosebug, who described it as avant-garde, which I thought was very kind. I love that. Experimental, avant-garde. Yeah, we just had about five minutes of uh, just completely out of sync. But a lot of people said it was kind of as coherent as the rest. (laughs) Yeah, I think it says something about modern media and society. You know, we're all a bit out of sync. It's all a bit confusing these days. I think it's a very contemporary piece. Yeah, it's a good, the the hours we put into that uh, really paid off. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Amy, the question everyone wants to know, have you been for a run? No. Okay, so, right. You want to hear this? Okay, you've had, you you, you have got excuses, to be fair. have excuses when I don't run and let me let me know that I have been running a few a few seconds in me. <laughs> I have been running in the past as in like the recent past <laughs> in the past yeah it has um, been known there are cave paintings uh, depicting this <laughs> it has happened check my Strava don't check my Strava actually um I haven't been running for the past week because I've been moving house that, I mean, that's a decent excuse. I'll it's, give you that one. Exactly. I've been very busy setting up the new studio. What yeah. do you think of the studio? It's wonderful. It, it, it's very atmospheric. It's very professional, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got mixing desks. We've got a little... I'm in a little booth right now. We're in separate booths. Oh, know? yeah. We're about 400 metres apart. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, guitars on the wall here. There's a drum kit behind me. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on here. And shout out to our producer, Bobby. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Bobby. Yeah, it's good. It's really good and nice we've found her a permanent role. I know, exactly. She emailed me and said iTunes just isn't cutting it. Yeah. I said, you can come work in my new studio, Bobby. Don't you worry. Were you right getting in th- through all the crowds? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to deal with that every day, so I don't really notice it anymore. But yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so that's why we sound so much better than usual. <laughs> but that is, in all seriousness, that's why I haven't been running. I've been moving house. And it's just been crazy and exhausting. And I don't even... Need, I didn't even need to go to the gym this week because it's just been a lot of lifting heavy boxes constantly. Yeah. That's all moving is, just lifting boxes one, from one place to another. And that's the gym, isn't it? Lifting yeah. weights. It's just picking things down. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing uh, saved on the gym this week. I mean, you don't even have the internet. No, no, exactly. Oh, yeah, it, it's been a whole cock-up with a, a major bone company that will not be named... Yeah, so we don't even have the internet. I work from home a lot. It's great. Love it. Love yeah, well done. <laughs> great life choices. Um, how's your running going? Well, I said I'd taken a bit of a kind of a down week last time. And after that, I kind of had a bit more of an unexpected one because I got ill, which is probably why I hated that long run so much, the one I mentioned last time. And I was ill for like four or five days afterwards. So that's an even better excuse for not running a bit more. So I've kind of had to try and build it up again. But I end up doing just a really long run the other... I say really long run, it's 15 miles, which is pretty long, after a park run, so it's 18 miles. But fucking hell, the end of that just felt disgusting. It was from Aberystwyth, just running about 15 miles inland. So it's a tiny, tiny uphill for quite a long way, about 10 miles. And then just two miles walking uphill. It was it was really bad. And then the last three were slightly down. But by that point, I was on proper, like, ultra plod mode. Mm-hmm. You know, just the end of a... Like I felt like I had about 25 miles in my legs of just that, just just plod, 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 just get it through, get it done, and go home. It was horrendous. After a park run as well, because I did you just straight after like crossing like park run to carry on because I hate on like no. a long run stopping and then having to go again. Uh, just... Well, how do you feel about stopping, having a cup of tea, mm. American waffles, bacon, and hash browns? No. 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 Well, yes, but no. I mean. <laughs> When I did that run along the coast path, and uh, I think we did about, it was only like eight or nine miles out, so not that far, as in compared to like 15, but then we stopped and had a cup of tea, and it was like really cold in January, and on the way back, it was only four miles to get back, but my legs, I felt like I couldn't move my legs, just the coldness, and from being sat warm in a cafe, it's less about like the food, it's being like sat and warmed up, and then having to go back out, and that whole thing about warming up, yeah, like literally, my, I felt like... My body just rigor mortis is saying, yeah, not good, not nice. Yeah, well, I've also now I've got proper into like the maranoia stage of because before I've done ultras and I've not really been fussed because I think, well, whatever, I'll just walk or whatever. But now I've kind of got a marathon in mind, I've got a time in mind, and I know this is the worst thing. I'm pretty sure already. I know I'm going to go in a bit injured, mm. and I'm going to finish it even more injured, which is going to be something that comes up later on with our guest. 
Um, but I just know already the nickels I've got. I just I just feel like they're never ever going to go away. And I'm getting extra ones. I got my, extra my kind of knee tendons were really aching the other day. So I just feel I'm going to start this marathon hurting, and it's just going to get worse. So I'm really kind of not looking forward. To it. I've got two months, but I'm not looking forward to it yet. Can I just say this is not really running related because I haven't been doing any. But on the subject of everything hurting, <laughs> hasn't stopped you for the last few months. <laughs> on the subject of everything hurting and getting uh, injured, after moving house, the first day of that, of and I was putting on the first day we were putting together IKEA furniture, and like quite complex IKEA furniture, which involves you lying in funny positions to try and tighten screws and things like that. I couldn't hold my own body weight in a squat position. Yeah, like it completely, and I think that's more of a sign that I need to go to the gym more and probably need to run more. But just from doing that. And it made me realise how much my day is just spent sitting for work and stuff. And yeah. how little strength, functional strength I have, you know. And you think, the people actually have to move to do their jobs. Yeah. A lot of it. And like, how do they do that? No. I, I, it makes me think that I should be a job like that. Like, all this sitting down is really not good. I should be able to have a day of making furniture and not feel like my, I'm going to collapse. Yeah, I remember moving once from the third floor to a house, but it was only just like around the corner so I end up running in literally running in between these two quite a lot running up and down the stairs carrying everything myself and right at the end of the day I went back to the flat I took two steps up the stairs my legs just collapsed and I just had to mm. sit on the stairs for about 15 minutes and then kind of haul myself up because mm. I was just so exhausted yeah. but that was before I was a runner so I don't know if that would have made any difference but Fucking hell, yeah, moving is nasty. Yeah, and it's not just, like, the physical stuff. It's, like, feeling tired, because I've, I've been wa- I was waking up at, like, five every morning, not to run, but thinking, oh, I need to change the address for this place, and I need to do this, and I need to get into contact with this person about the mortgage, da 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 Yeah, it's just been... Sorry, I'm going to stop talking about more of my excuses and justifying why I'm not running, but, yeah. It's what you do. Yeah, it's what I do. There's that's all the Amy life update. <laughs> Well, coming up on the rest of this episode, we've got an interview, not with a runner, but with someone who really properly hates running. It's a former international high jumper, Sharon Heverin. Uh, We'll also be reading some of your tweets and some of your messages, of course, and the bullshit that you go through and the usual bullshit running news. Amy, have you had a little think about the theme tune yet? Are you just going to... It has me warning you about it, ruined it already. Possibly. Because um, I know it takes you by surprise each time. Yeah, that just took me by surprise. So, from the last episode, we talked about Nike or Nike. We don't know, we don't care. Um, we did actually hold a poll on that one uh, to decide once and for all how that should be pronounced. And 60% of you voted for, well, N I K E. I just put Nike on both. It doesn't really work as an audio gag, it works as a visual gag because I just put Nike or Nike, but spelt the same, but not. And 60% voted for one of them. So we're just going to say, as before, we're just going to say whichever one we want at the time. Good good update. Uh, and in response to us talking about that, Rich Skirm, well, he said, without Nike, he'd never have met either of us. Aww. He didn't add any kind of context or emojis to that, so I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing. It's very ominous, isn't it? Yeah. It's left open a bit. Mm. Yes, yeah, because our, our run club was a former Nike run club, and when that closed down, we kind of went independent. And so that's that's how me and Amy know each other through Nike. Yay. So that's nice. That's just another sign that capitalism is sort of an intermediary in all our social relationships now. Yeah, thank goodness for big corporations telling us who to be friends with. Yes. Ooh, that's quite a relief. <laughs> Emma McRae has also been in touch. Emma McRae, can you please stop getting in touch? Because every time you do, I have to read it out because I'm shit at doing a New Zealand accent. Right, okay, here we go. I have to get into it by saying something like Pavlova. Pavlova. If you say Pavlova, yeah. you automatically slip into it. Do you? Pavlova. Go on then. Okay. Oh, that was it, was it? All right, sorry. No. <laughs> the only, that's the only thing I can say. I think that's Australian. Emma, if I say this, Pavlova, is that Australian or is it New Zealand? I, I don't Australian. know. Pavlova. Um, okay. Regarding Stu's fall, making him look like he'd done a poo all up his back. Poo up the back is a classic newborn baby move. I'm <laughs> proper cockney now. Deep run down. <laughs> Just ask any parent. That that went all over the place. It started yeah. out okay. Yeah. The Pavlova set the tone, and then it just went Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Regarding the actual words that she used, uh, poo up the back being a classic baby move, ask any parent. This is why I don't ask parents things. I don't want to know about that. I don't know about your baby shitting. No one cares. No. To be honest. Everyone Sorry. Everyone shits. Like, Everyone shits, you? but we don't need to hear about your baby doing it. No. Get Sometimes you shit all up our back. It's okay. 
go. Okay. <laughs> Stuart Brandwood left us a comment on Facebook. He said, great episode, hooray. I think I was at that Liverpool rock and roll half you go pro and can confirm it was like a furnace that day. Also, I know we're being critical of Nike, but come on, Viper flies? How cool do they sound? Do you want a pair of Nimbus, Ride Isos, Fresh Foams, Cliftons? Nah, I want me some Viper flies. Okay, yeah, to be fair, Viper flies is a cool name. They sound terrifying. It's like something Dr. <laughs> Evil would invent. <laughs> Send out the Viper flies. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your mind goes. Strava have released results from a survey of 25,000 runners and were interested in the bits that people didn't like, of course. Their front page said, Running's the worst. It's hard, it hurts, but we do it anyways. Okay. They're coming for our brand there. Yeah, like, back off Strava. Yeah. That was, the, like, their front page of their survey was saying how shit running was. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. come on. That's our shtick. Yeah. Copyright. It turns out, not actually copyright. Okay. No. It turns out only 2% of men hate running uphill, whereas 8% of women do. This is a question just like, do you like running uphill? Was that just, or were they well, like, I guess it was, data that... I guess it was, was how much do you like running uphill? Yeah. I think this was, you know, direct questioning. Yeah. And only 2% of men hate running uphill. So I think people complain about it a lot more, because everyone complains yeah. about running up hills. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. only, what, 5% of people hate running uphill? Not true. I do wonder if it's how they phrase the question, because I wonder if some guy's like, oh yeah, running uphill, it's easy, you know? <laughs> Get on then, some women, more women are like, oh no, actually, yeah, it's a bit hard, it's shit. And you wonder how that question was phrased. Uh, then 35% of runners in the UK cited body image as a reason why they run, and 15% of runners cite guilt as the main thing getting them out the door. Yeah, I thought that was the two pretty sad things, really. Yeah. 35% said body image was the reason why they run, to improve their body. Okay, I suppose running does improve your body image and allows you to get in, to know your body a bit better and accept it. But I suppose if you put it that way, that's not too bad. But just I, the way I read that first was like, yeah. people think they're shitty, so they want to improve it. Yeah, I, and like running can give you self-confidence, um, mm. not in the fact of changing your body physically necessarily, just in that, you know, if you can run 10 miles before 9am or whatever, that for you might be something that you feel quite proud of and, yeah. and um, can give you some self-confidence. But I don't know, like if it's about body image in terms of like changing your body to look a certain way. Yeah, that's then, when it's riskier then. Yeah, that's a bit sad. And 15% of runners citing guilt as the main thing getting them out of the door. That's the thing getting you out of the door. That Again, that's really sad. That's why I'm not getting out of the door because yeah. I don't feel guilty about anything. No, none at all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> uh, what gets you out of the door, Amy, when you do go for a run, <laughs> if you go for a run? Some of it is guilt, like, but uh, guilt as in... Guilt that I'm not training for a race I've signed up for. Mm-hmm. Or, but the main thing that gets me out the door is knowing that once I'm out there, I will enjoy it. Yeah. You know? And like, not this, even if I don't enjoy it in the moment, because, yeah, a lot of runs are shit, afterwards, I'll be, like, happy I didn't, and, and I'll feel better for doing it. So that's the main thing, but it's hard when you just want to lay in bed in the morning. And we've had an email. Hooray, we love emails. Hey. It says, hi, running is BS. Point A. Many thanks, very organised. Many thanks for the BS buff. Gratefully received, but yet to have its first outing due to point B. Point B. Running really is BS. There was I, content and smug that I had not fallen to the dreaded lurgy that my partner had had for well over a week. Nice sunny day with a clear blue sky, decided to go for a long run in preparation for an upcoming half marathon at Wendover Woods. I completed the long run. Felt good. Bit overtired that night, but then I hadn't run that far since before Christmas. So, to be expected. Woke up next morning with what turned out to be the Lurgy. Several days later and there's been fever, shivers, vomiting, body aching, eyes burning, cracking headache, zero appetite and now a hacking cough. Truly believe it was that one goddamn long run that made me susceptible to this virus. Fingers crossed I can still make it to Wendover Woods but we'll be doing the 10k instead. That's from Nikki Jones. Should have read Runner's World. Runner's World told us that we'd be susceptible to viruses it if did, we yeah. trained too much. Uh, what I'm most glad about is she didn't get to the bottom of that and said, the thing that caused it was you sending the buff. <laughs> because that's potentially a little bit when I had the cold. So as far I don't think I sneezed into the envelope that much. But it's possible we're spreading viruses with but with the buffs. Oh, you'd be quarantined. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably not the case. So you can still buy one if you want. Yeah. <laughs> And a little earlier than usual in this episode, we've got the first half of our interview with Sharon Heverin. It's in two halves because she can talk for, I was going to say talk for Britain, naturally, but she's Irish. So she can talk for Ireland. So here's the first part of that interview now. 
Joining me as our guest for this episode is Sharon Heverin, a former high jumper and Olympic high jump coach who also coaches athletics and touches people's legs for a living. Thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> Outstanding introduction. Hi, well, how are you? I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> I touch people professionally. Indeed, yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about, about your background first. You used to be a high jumper, now you're a coach. How did you get into high jump of all things? High jump? Um, well, I actually started, very relevant to this podcast, I actually started athletics because uh, these two kids in my class their aunties were the top two 815 meter runners in Ireland at the time nice. so Monica and Regina Joyce so um we went to training one day and they were like oh do you want to come training and I was like what is this okay yeah go ahead and I carried on going and they gave up after two weeks <laughs> so I'm sure they regret it I speak to their dad all the time and he was always like oh I wish they kept it up like you but it's uh and I went through that and I started off running <gasps> believe it or not oh, right I started running and then I realized very quickly funnily enough running is bullshit and I got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and the shortest event I could find running wise was high jump yeah I guess essentially that's essentially to still classes doing some running yeah I still said that's it literally that's me out eight strides I'm done (laughs) (laughs) that's enough because that's why I wanted to get you on here because I know you do uh, personify the spirit of running as bullshit (laughs) because I know you do really properly hate running and then while you have tried it you've tried to avoid it just as much as well at all costs if possible literally now at the minute it's a physical kind of thing because my knee is knackered beyond belief but that's come from high jump but um i did try and dabble in the old couch to 5k there literally before i was there i said i'm gonna get fit let's do this this is something i've never done and then i proceeded to ruin my knee literally to the point where i need a knee replacement (laughs) what from couch yeah yeah, literally but it was already knackered and then literally i remember the doctor saying to me oh sharon you've retired now you probably need surgery on that i thought he meant to be a high jumper not to be a normal person um and then obviously running on it when i went to him he went why why have you done this and i went was i he went no no there's no cartilage left so I literally couldn't run for a bus. And if I did, I'd be fucked the next day. So um, running is a definite no-go for me in life right now. It's not happening. And so you went for those who can't uh, teach. So you went for coaching instead. Yeah, rude. But literally, yeah. Um, So literally, when I crippled myself high jumping, literally, I was training twice a day, five days a week, absolutely smashing it. And then I went from that a week off to mourn my career as a high jumper and I immediately started coaching exactly the same amount of times that I was up there so it was just a seamless transition from high jumping to coaching but I'd already been coaching while I was competing so I remember one year at Bucks I won Bucks and the girl I coach, Lucy, Lucy came third. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed she didn't come second. But um, do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I obviously better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like coaching. I was like, come on, come on, you can do this, Lucy. Come on, good job. And then literally when she was out, I entered the competition because I was pretty good. Yes. Um, but yeah, and it was Bucks. And at the time, Bucks was, it wasn't great. Mm. I'm not going to lie. It comes in phases in the British unis and sometimes it's like so you might explain what that is oh Bucks Bucks is like the British Universities Championships right Um, and basically sometimes like you come in and like you've got the likes of like Morgan Lake who's like jump 195 and is just like the shit when it comes to high jumping and literally you will be lucky if you come like top 5 with like a 75 Mm. whereas years I've won it with my opening height at 165 and I've been just like hi guys do you know what I mean really appreciate this medal because it kind of is just like "Mm, well done you showed up you cleared a height. Well done. I'll take it. You will win's a win, I'll take it a championship. Do you you know can what only mean? beat what's put in front of you. <laughs> exactly. Well, pretty much, yeah. So but um it was nice to be able to coach and be able to do the two. Uh and like so I was coaching her mid comp and then it just it just kind of transitioned pretty seamlessly. So before we talk a bit more about actual coaching, high jump itself is bullshit as well. Just because Every other event, you can watch and mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Like, you can see people run very fast. They can throw a thing. Pole vault kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. you can see what they do. High jump is so unintuitive. As an amateur, when you watch it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How do people do that? I'm not quite sure Father, what he was thinking, Detroit, yeah. to be honest, when he said, this is a good idea. Yeah. At least the old Western roll and straddle and stuff like that, that looked like you could get over a fence. Yeah. So it looks like, like if you were <laughs> yeah. escaping, you could escape comfortably yeah. and you could be just like, this is functional. Okay, I might be bank robber. I can get away if I jump over this fence. No, when he decided it was a good idea to land on his back and yeah. flip over and put a center of gravity outside of his body. Yeah, 
What were you thinking, Mal? I mean, it works, but, but it just... It, yeah, when, people jump, are, when guys though, are, running, right? are jumping at 2.30, mm-hmm. it's just... like That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's dumb. It's stupid. Like, literally, think about it. Run and jump over a stick. Yeah. It's, it's silly. But it's like, very silly. A couple of feet higher than you are. Yeah, I always say that you're never actually high jumper when you jump over your own height. Mm. Sorry to all the athletes that I coach right now in life. You guys aren't really high jumpers. Um, so, uh, yeah, harsh times, guys. But yeah, so they, um, it's, it's a silly kind of event. And like, literally, it's like you run and you put like 10 times your body weight through your one leg on takeoff yeah. at a stupid angle yeah. that's not good for your knees. And I do worry sometimes. I think about how crippled my body is. And I think about how, like, I'm just like a technical Nazi when it comes to stuff with mine. Mm. And I'm like, yes put your foot in this exact position and they do and it's great and I'm like oh sorry you're going to have crippling arthritis at 40 yeah. do it like this it. this is exactly how I did it so you should oh wait no, no. yeah exactly no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like the books say. Eh? <laughs> so but yeah it's they're, they're, they'll be pretty crippled in years to come I do yeah. warn them nowadays though yeah. I feel like the disclaimer should come with it yeah. which I never got but you know I feel like it's important um, so your coaching did take you and at one point you coached someone into the Olympics in Rio. I did. But you didn't get to go. I did go to Rio. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I did go to oh, Rio. So at one okay. point I wasn't going to be able to go. I wasn't oh, going to be able okay. to go. Um, it was quite a funny experience, Rio, to be honest. Um, like they did not want at the Olympics. Like, yeah. the Brazilians were not okay about the Olympics being there. Oh, yeah, of course, like, yeah, because there was lots of cutbacks was, and the government yeah, wasn't it was the not good. It was not, like, literally, yeah. like, it wasn't nice. But I did go, and it was, I would say it would be, like, the a pinnacle of my coaching career as it's such, to be good, coached somebody in the Olympics. Um, it was pretty awesome. It was really funny, actually, because I know a lot of the Irish guys from years ago, and they all work in IWF, and they work in the Olympic Council and European mm. Athletics, and they knew I was going to be there. So... The irony was, right, I had to sneak into my coaching seat, right? So for every high jumper, for some people that don't know, for every field event that happens, mm. people don't know anything about field events, just so you know, literally, it's oh, probably yeah. very important to explain that. Um, for every athlete that is in the competition, there is a seat for that athlete mm. and their coach. And every country knows this. So there was a coaching pass given, and that coaching pass is supposed to be given to the coach of the athletes. So I go all the way to Rio, right? I have to buy a shady ticket for up in the... Uh, I didn't buy it from the Irish guy, just in case anybody's thinking about the Irish guy that was selling shady tickets to the Olympics. But I got a ticket for like up in the guards. And then literally, the week before, I'd popped into John Lewis, bought myself a nice Team GB t-shirt <laughs> yeah. a hat I got given from Chris, the lad that I coached at the time. And um, literally, I just pretended I couldn't speak English and snuck into the coaching area. And just sat there and nobody moved me. And the irony then, all the Irish guys just walked in because they all had accreditation. And they came down to watch me coach. I had to sneak into the coaching area and they just came to watch and they sat in other people's coaching seats. And I just thought it was just, wow, that's athletics, isn't it? Makes great sense, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, so much of it makes sense. Yeah, so much sense. Okay, so now you do a lot more coaching in Cardiff for Mm -hmm. Cardiff Athletics Club. Yeah. Um, is that adults or children? Um, I nowadays I try and deal with adults if possible. Okay. There are still temper tantrums, yeah. but um, I was going to say which deal, is easier. Yeah, I don't know. I think actually coaching kids is probably a lot easier. Yeah. But uh, but then the thing is with coaching kids, and this is why I've stopped coaching kids, is parents are mental. Mm. Parents are absolutely mental. And um, now I do a thing, even with the older athletes that I meet. I read it um, from this um, track and field uh, coach in America, and a high school track and field coach. And he said that he has a dinner with every um, athlete and their parents and their whole family before he decides to coach them. And he has like a specific set of questions that he asks. And I, no, I don't have it specifically like that, but I always try and meet parents before I agree to coach their child because I know what I'm getting myself into there because yeah. even the older ones there can be some pushy parents in there. Oh, so gotcha. yeah, so it's it's a bit much and I try not to deal with them if I can. So, yeah. but yeah. But in terms of like when you're actually there coaching, so is it, I think you do kind of you're, obviously you're a specialist high jump coach, but mm-hmm. you do other events. As yeah, well. I coach combined events um, as a rule, literally. And I used to work with my uh, husband, literally, and worked as a kind of a coaching team. Mm-hmm. And he did the kind of the kind of periodization. I know, right? Cute, no. right? He used to coach me as well. Um, he's only eight years older than me. It's not yeah. like a weird thing. No. Do you know what I mean? He's not right. like an old man. Just to check in. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, it, we work as a kind of a team together and he did all the periodization and everything like that. So he was like the dictator in the sense of the plan of what would happen. Mm-hmm. And I was the enforcer. Um, yes. So literally I'd kind of carry out sessions and go through everything on there. So, you know, from weights to plyos, sprints, 
all kind of jumping and whatever mm. drills and stuff so it, I it kind of transfers quite easily across a lot of events because I know how things work so it's easy to coach mm-hmm. other things uh, the only thing I put my hands up and go no I'm okay thanks is when it comes to pole vault I'd be like yeah. and that's his expertise so yeah. I kind of go nah saws on my own um, and that's the only yeah, you kind of need to know what you're doing I'm with like, that one yeah I don't want to really die because yeah that's the one where people yeah. potentially die yeah and I've seen some horrific injuries yeah. like literally not a lot there's some awful high jump injuries and then I don't know how they can be so much even worse <laughs> from falling from such a higher height so uh, but yeah, so my coach is tuning around that at the minute and uh, I'm the Cardiff women's team manager mm-hmm. um, so that's what I do with Cardiff AC but I, I mainly work up in the university I'm kind of freelance I'm not tied to anything okay good for so, you so yeah is there a particular type of runner that is the worst to deal with is it the sprinters or kind of the middle distance runners well really now oh, funny question right okay. until four days ago I would have said to you sprinters good but the other day I went in the gym up in uh, I've got this horrific pet peeve right and it's literally leaving the gym in a mess mm, oh, and okay. you know what the gym is like up in Nyack it's small yeah. it's not big there's not so if you leave a single weight out it looks messy but like to leave every single weight out it's horrific and uh, I walked in the other day and to the point where I had to put it on Instagram and literally I had to mute some of the sound because the swearing was pretty <laughs> severe because and it was a middle distance group yeah and so now I officially hate them yeah, that's it. I hate them. If you're not good, if you're not fast enough to sprint a four hundred, and you're not don't have enough endurance to do long distance, that's you in the middle. That is, that's you in the middle. I hate you. Just a message to the middle yeah. distance runners. Yeah. Because even you're for, dead to me. For probably most of our listeners who are probably, I guess, generally road runners, yeah, fifteen hundred meters is like as short as they will possibly oh, yeah, ever run. Speed as well. work, right? It's, yeah, I'll cut it. Fifteen hundred meters. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> The furthest I think I've ran in a race is 800 in a, a, in a combined event. And it was, oh God, it was awful. I literally, and I remember having to train for it. I did have a little spy on your Oh, did you? Week. It's so bad. And I, I am quicker than you over 800 meters. Oh, it's so bad. I, 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 mate, I believe it you was three be, minutes. I, I, no, no. I think mean, there's a 245 in there. Is there? Yeah. Okay. There was Not a awesome. regular, I think the last one I did was three minutes. And um, I remember... Um, one of my mates was watching me and she was cheering me on coming around the bend and um, she was laughing just yeah. laughing so hard and she was just like literally and I was like oh mate that it was it was painful I, the, the last one I remember was the three minute one and that was bad but I think I've, I have ran 245 I think is my PB I can say okay I wouldn't uh, really boast but so we said about um, road runners and 1500 meters being a completely different thing for them do you think road runners are generally a bit scared of the track do you think there's a big because obviously road running itself has exploded has athletics seen that same kind of expanse recently um i spend a lot of time in nyack um mm. so obviously that's only a 200 meter track so you don't see as much people i think literally from the longer distance kind of mm. stuff coming inside but recently we have seen a lot of different running groups so i know like cdf used to do one in mm-hmm. nyack on friday evening but there's other groups coming in now as well and it's it's great to see them in and i think they're like oh field trip it's really cool yeah. and really exciting but they need to learn the rules yes um and that's and that's cute i appreciate you being there but get out of the way when you're supposed to yeah and i think that's an environment they're not kind of ready for so mm. like i suppose what you're used to mainly being worried about is like oh there's a tree over there i need to make sure i go around that or yeah. oh a car stay away not a sprinter coming flying at you or a high jumper that looks like they're running one way but actually they're running another way yeah. and then you run in their way so i think it's a very different element to take them in there and when they try and do it it's but there is so many more of them coming in yeah. now in nyack we see them so many more and it's yeah. and it's it's quite cute because like they're they're doing their speed work and it's like, it's pretty adorable. Like yeah. literally they're doing like their 200s and 400 meters and literally they're like plodding along and yeah. you're like, oh, you're so cute, but get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like competition as well, because like, there are like open 1500 meter events, 3000, mm. 5000, which I think people are, would be comfortable running. But I think because it's on a track, it really puts people off. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I know track, it, it's probably a bit boring, I'd imagine. Mm. Just running laps. I imagine that's probably really boring. You're like, oh, I've seen this. I think a lot of it as well is potentially it's people think that it's going to be really competitive and you have to be like amazingly oh, good. I don't know about that now. <laughs> Literally, I see an awful lot of masters athletes coming in events nowadays and I'm horrible because I'm a proper elitist. Yeah, and but... I think if you take up extra time on the timetable, you should get out or you should be flogged at the end of the day. Um, I feel like if there's people that are taking like an extra 15, 20 minutes to do things after the person has finished, they shouldn't be in it like that should be a different day go away a different day and I'm all for people to be doing the races and things like that but when there's a particular level of people in certain events and then somebody goes oh I'll have a go 
I'm not really so for it, it, the like have a goal. scheduled 20 minutes for a race yeah. and someone takes 35. Yeah, I'm well, no, okay, I'll give them the five. Yeah, if yeah, if it takes them 15 minutes extra, yeah, then stop it. I have heard stories of like uh, 3,000 or maybe even 5,000 of people, a guy turned up in his 60s and walking the whole thing. Oh. But because he was the only one in his age category, gold medal. Oh, God. <laughs> Fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? Why in that not? kind of situation. Like, do you know what I mean? He's I'm there all, for the medal. Yeah, I'm all for kind of like, literally, I do think it's super adorable when old people try and do stuff. Um, especially like when they try and do sprints and stuff. It's super cute. The time I'm terrified is when they high jump. Oh. And I see it. I yeah. see it all the time. And I'm like, oh, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. Yeah. And then you're just like, terrified and then they land on the bar and then it's St. John's ambulance yeah. and then you're like oh no she's broken hip um, and it's it's pretty brutal those kind of times but like I think um, I remember one time this is why I think I, I, I've become so against it is because I was I was managing the women's team once and one of my friends um, Jess uh, I, I'll never forgive myself she's a pole vaulter and she was training for a tough mudder or something at the time she was like yeah I can run 5k and we had nobody to do a 3k and I was like we really need points guys we were going to get relegated and Jess was like I'll do it I was like oh me, I can't I can't let you do this I said it's 3k on track it's fast these people these people run 3k's I said this is their thing I said and you're training to do a tough mudder and she was just like yeah 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 I'll be cool oh god every lap it's oh god it's like a stab in the heart I feel so bad and I was going well done Jess well done and I was nearly crying by the end for her and I just felt so bad and ever since I've uh, been very weary of making people do things like that but then also judging people that do things like that so you know I feel it's okay yeah, it's not. bad but it's funny so it is but it's painful and I think when you see somebody like she's like one of my best mates and to see the pain she went through in doing it is hard so pole waters don't do 3k's basically is what I've learned very quickly and we will have the rest of that interview later on in this episode meanwhile this episode is brought to you by you a huge thank you to our five dollar patreons Amy who are they the organic and innocent Hugh Phillips the special and elegant Nikki Genders, happy and heavenly Jay, deliciously chivalrous Rob Smith, delightfully fancy Kirk Shepherd, the exciting and shiny Clark Gilmore, the jazzy and decisive Matt Lees, and the interestingly lyrical Matt Garner. And the $1 Patreons were Chris, Jonathan, Charlie, Angela, Harry, Ben, Steph, Massey, Matt J, Matt H, Francis, John, Morwenna, Richard, Elizabeth, and Simon, thank you all very, very much. You can help support this little podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. Help us pay some bills. And you can also buy a buff for just $12. Over to Twitter, Susan Curley at pigs underscore have underscore flown. Just been for a run. Got hailed on twice. Then it rained. Then I fell into a bramble. Glasses steamed up and then I slipped in mud. Aww. That's a cracking run. Well done, Susan. <laughs> Fantastic. It's been some weather. Why aren't we talking about the weather on here? Oh, we haven't, have we? I suppose it's the kind of thing we're supposed to open with, isn't it? Because that's what everyone else does. The weather's been bad. The weather's been... Oh, oh, yeah, we've had a storm like every weekend for two weekends. Yeah, awful. I wouldn't know. I haven't been going out, so... There we go. (laughs) Cool. Black Dog Runner at Black underscore Dog Runner said, spent the day in the car yesterday and listened to my first ever episode of Running is BS. Top class stuff. Certainly made the M6 northbound that bit less tedious. Oh, there's another thing we can put on the poster. Makes the M6 <laughs> a bit less tedious. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, this is episode 33, Black Dog. Where have you been? I hope also that you're listening from the latest episodes and not doing them in order from the very first, or else I think the M6 would be a lot more tedious. <laughs> yeah. Sean at Shawnee Little Ears says, I think a mention has to go to the floods in Pontypreth and the surrounding areas that have damaged homes and businesses, but also our parks and running routes. I know Ponty Park Run, that's really hard to say, Ponty Park Run. Um, I know Ponty Park Run, not running, is hardly the same as people losing their possessions, etc. But basically, weather is bullshit. Well, there we go. We are talking about the weather. Yeah. Perhaps if we'd looked ahead a little bit, we would have seen that coming. And we were a bit flippant about it just then, but yeah. Things have been really shit in some parts of the country, like really bullshit. Yeah, particularly like, around us in South Wales, it's been yeah, pretty pe- bad. People have lost their homes and just had to walk out with the clothes they're wearing. So, yeah. yeah, a bit shit. So if you're having to deal with that, 
Sorry. Yeah, and she has sent us the photo here of the Lido in Ponty. It's in the middle of uh, the Park Run course. It's a really beautiful Lido. They spent like four million pounds on it, on restoring it and putting it back. And it's like really cheap to go there. It's a lovely pool and it is just completely flooded out. I assume it's going to be really wrecked. I assume that's going to be a lot to get that back together. Yes. Stuff like that, like... It's what's in the water as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. the water's really, really dirty, and it just, yeah, it's going to be... The people in Ponty, I don't know how they're going to get their lives back together, because yeah. it's already quite... Um, it suffers economically, I think, like most yeah. places in the valleys, and all of this is happening not just to people's homes, but also businesses. It's, yeah, because I know a lot of places, like in the West Country, flood fairly regularly, mm-hmm. but I think they're a little more prepared for it. Like, often you see, like they said, they're getting sandbags out, people are preparing and moving things. Mm-hmm. But like in Pontypridd, especially, no one expected it because I think no. the river was about four or five meters higher than it should have been. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you ever see the river that goes round the parkrun course, there, you would never expect it to break the banks. No, and they, I know that the um, the local like council and stuff built flood barriers, which are basically very high walls. Mm. But the height of those walls, you would think, yeah, the river's not going to rise. But yeah, no chance. Though, but, but, yeah, oh, that's really sad. Yeah, Ponty Parkrun out of action for a few weeks. Uh, hopefully it will be back soon, but I think the park is fairly low priority for them, understandably. Robert Scott Norton, at Rob Scott Norton, says, running into the side of a car as it speeds out of a driveway, and then being so goddamn English that I apologise, even as I realised that if I'd run a couple of strides faster, I'd have bounced off the bonnet. Apologising to drivers is bullshit. That is really dumb. (laughs) Why did you apologise? I I love... I love it when drivers think that when they're pulling out of their drive that they're okay to just that bit of pavement that's fine that's theirs that's road yeah yeah they just pull out and they act irritated when a pedestrian's there like no chill man like this is a pavement expect people to be running or walking across it yeah you think like SBC nearly got taken out by one of those electric scooters the other day it just like cut across and just skimmed her back you know if she'd have been half a step behind that would have taken her out completely and the kid just didn't give a shit obviously just carried on going Tiger Burger official the official tiger burger yeah i'm not sure about it. i did look at the account and they seem to tweet mostly in german okay tiger burger what are you what's your sort of field how what are you officialing i'd love to know tiger burgers i guess yeah what's it what the fuck's a like a tiger burger like it's made out of tiger meat i'd give it a go potential sponsor yeah. Less, I'll, I'll dm after the after this <laughs> at two cheese just entered a trail marathon in June after listening to episode 12 about hating ultras. At the moment, I'm not sure if I love or hate you guys. Poo emoji. Oh, so we've inspired someone to enter an ultra. Uh, yeah, well, a trail marathon. Oh, after sorry, yeah. yeah sorry, listening to us bang on about ultras. I mean, a trail marathon's got to feel like an ultra compared to a road marathon. <laughs> yeah, it's not an ultra, though, is it? No, 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 no. Just run a bit further, Tiger, and you'll um, say you've done an ultra. <laughs> yeah, not sure if you'll ever hate us. Perfectly acceptable, yeah. that's fine. I'm not entirely sure myself, to be honest. <laughs> Richard Preston at underscore Richie P underscore nearly trod in some dog shit on my run last night. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the update. See, because you always ask... Yeah. Let us know how you yeah, are. Yeah, Did yeah. you survive? Did you? And so, thanks, Richie. Uh, you've just answered that straight away with, you're okay. Don't worry, everyone. Richie's okay. The thing is, Richie, this is people like emailing in and tweeting in and saying things like, oh, tripped over my run, fell down a massive crevasse, and, and then there was bulls at the bottom that were all really angry, and then there's nothing else, and you don't find out what happened. Not nearly doing something. Not nearly standing in dog shit. But they're like, they're okay. the people I want to hear back from. These people that are going on these great adventures for some reason on their runs and then they just sort of stop it what seems like halfway through the story. But thanks anyway, Richie. You want resolutions to your stories. I do, I you do. Want, I, I, I suppose this is a... I shouldn't judge Richard because this is, you know, a nice short story. I guess I'm judging it because the peril is, is not that high, but... <laughs> I don't know, dog shit can be pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to, like, get the hose out, wouldn't you, and, and wash it off. It's this whole polar if that happens, so, yeah. Thanks for that, Richie. B. Roberts at BB Roberto underscore. What's bullshit is someone trying to sell their race t-shirts on Gumtree for £10 each. Yeah, I responded to that on Twitter and said, like, surely that's a London marathon, like a big race yeah, or something. Yeah. No, no, Cardiff 5Ks and 10Ks. Why would you want that? Your Cardiff 10K t-shirt is not worth £10. No, 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 no. And a lot of these, like, if you didn't manage to get one... Um, as in, like, they've run out of your size. A lot of the organisers will send you a T-shirt in your yeah. size or something. Like, that, that's the only reason why I could think why you'd want to buy a T-shirt off Gumtree. Yeah. Why? 
It's really strange. Uh, more on t-shirts. Jim Mann at Jim Mann 23. He said, I have been refusing race t-shirts for several years as I have loads and they don't wear out. It worries me how wasteful they are. Today we have begun to do something about it. Please support our campaign for less t-shirts and more trees. And he links to his website, treesnottees.com. This isn't a tweet to us, by the way. This is just one that we spotted and thought was really, really good. With hashtag treesnottees, um, which is a really fantastic idea. Basically, it's the... It's kind of an organisation he's will be supporting race organisers and if they want to add an option to their website when someone enters a race they can tick an option to have a tree instead of a tea and they will plant a tree in Scotland. They've got land, they've got trees ready, they've got suppliers and they will plant a tree for you instead of you getting a t-shirt which is a brilliant idea. That's a really cool idea. I want my tree to have my time carved into it though yeah with your number on it yeah 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 but otherwise yeah it's a good idea (laughs) so if you know any race organizers you got any kind of influence there with your running club or anything please pass on treesnottees.com and see if you can get them to add that as an option to your next race and unfortunately next i've got lined up about who wants merch who wants we don't want any wasteful (laughs) t-shirts but if you want a really good t-shirt that isn't wasteful if you want our logo on a mug or a hoodie or something like that for some reason, the easiest thing to do is Google running is bullshit spreadshirt and you can buy yourself some awesome stuff. The links will also be on Twitter and Facebook. And now we're returning to the second half of Sharon's interview. So we also said at the beginning that you touch people's legs and that's in a sports massage capacity rather yeah. than just a... Yeah, stranger. Uh, for pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. So runners must come to you all the time with kind of niggles, ongoing issues. Mm-hmm. So my question basically is just how stupid generally are runners? That's slightly unfair. <laughs> it's a very loaded question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very loaded question because you get a massive variety of, I suppose you've probably got categories and subcategories within categories mm. um, because you've got people that are experienced and should know better and they don't. Yes. And they're the ones I judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people that go, hey, I've just started running. Uh, this hurts. And they just point. And I prefer those kind of people yeah. because they haven't um, they haven't done Doctor Google and diagnosed themselves with things. That. Yeah, and it's it's always kind of like and the people I fear the most are the people that come in with something printed out. Oh no! Yeah, they come in printed out, and that happens more often than you'd you'd be so surprised how often that happens. Yeah. People are going, well, I went on the internet, and the internet says that I have this, and I'm like, yeah, no, you don't. Don't worry, that's a very rare thing. Um, yeah. You're you're fine. You're fine. It's just tight calves. Yeah, you, you have, stretch. You have what we call achy legs. Yeah, basically, it's Dom's love. Yeah. It's Dom's. <laughs> but do people come in with like recurring things that they have all the time? Mm-hmm. And they keep telling you, oh yeah, I've just done another marathon, and this still hurt. Oh yeah, hurt all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, the the funny one is literally that I always get is um, this really hurts uh, when I run, and I'm like, okay, then cool, right? Okay, it really hurts when you run. Yeah, super. So when's the last time you ran? Uh, last night. Uh, okay, right. So did you stop? No, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. I'm like, when it hurt? Yeah. Why didn't you stop? And 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 how far were you into the run when it started hurting? Uh, just about two k. Uh, and how far did you go? Fifteen. Fifteen. Right. Really? Another thirteen k in pain. Now that's. Where I don't get understand. I feel like it's some kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey masochistic kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? You guys literally are trying to punish yourselves. Yeah. I'm not sure why. What you've done that you feel like you need to be punished. But, yeah. you know, don't. Well, I just said before we started, I've just been running pretty much for a year on a sore hamstring. Yeah. And I'm just kind of used to it now. I think that's probably fine. But that's really common though. So everybody has this kind of thing. They're just like, yeah, that's always tight though. Yeah. Like literally, I'm fully aware. I should know better than anybody, right? I should know better yeah. than anybody. And I won't let anybody touch my calves. I won't let anybody touch them. I'd sooner go and have a tooth pulled than somebody massage my calves. And I know loads of massage therapists. And I go and they're like, oh yeah, do you want me to do your calves? I'm like, no, I'm fine, thanks. I'm okay. And I won't do anything with them. And I'll stretch them. That's about all I'll manage. And literally just like, I won't do anything other than that. And I know better, but I just don't want anybody to touch me. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'll cry. And I know I'll cry because my calves are so painful. And some people are like that and they find it painful and they go, oh, they get used to that tightness as being the new normal. Mm. And they kind of just carry on and they kind of go, oh yeah, well, that's just what I'm like now. And then they come and have a massage and they go, oh, right, Okay. I understand the error of my ways now. And that's normally when they they have the big brain like awakening moment for six weeks and then they forget about it again for another year. <laughs> so you would say if someone has really tight calves, they should get a sports massage, but you won't do that yourself. Yeah, personally, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Excellent. No, 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 nobody's going to touch me. <laughs> so the final question we ask is what is the most bullshit thing in your experience about running? 
the running slash jumping situation, I would say, uh, I would put it into coaching and just the horrific sexism when it comes to uh, being a female, a young female coach uh, okay. at an elite level. So I've got numerous stories, um, but, but literally numerous times I've been tried to thrown out of coaching areas um, for a couple of reasons, literally. And it always seems to be the same one because I think the lad that I was coaching at the time, obviously I look super young um, yeah. and obviously they're young as well. And I'm always mistaken for being the girlfriend. Um, <laughs> you're not, you're not an old man. You can't be. Yeah, a coach. like you couldn't possibly in here. You're surely somebody's girlfriend or sister. You know, you're there's there's no reason for you to be here, surely. Yeah. And I get oftentimes I've got coaches and officials telling me, "Oh, I'm really sorry. This is this is for coaches." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." So I have to wear my coaching badge like on my forehead, yeah. like literally, and go, "Yes, coaching accreditation. That's me." Um, and the worst one of the lot, the worst one of the lot. I was at the World Championships in Portland in. Uh, in Oregon and uh, I was in the coaching area and I was super excited it was one of my biggest competitions I've ever been to a huge thing Chris at the time was just like coming in and he was like number two in the world and we were in a good place things where I was like super excited and I was like be cool Sharon be cool be cool be cool and I was looking around at these coaches going, oh my god they're such and such over there and um, the other British coach um, Foz who's an absolute wind up merchant he's brilliant but he was sat next to me and he was like chilling me out because he could see I was like really excited about the whole thing and I was sat down anyways in my area that I was sat and and um, the Bahamas coach decided it was really important that he sits where I sit. And I was just like, well, I'm, I'm sat here. I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry. I'm sat here. And it was like really tight kind of confined kind of area to sit. And he was like, he said, this is an area for coaches. And I was just like, yeah, I know. And he was like, and he said, this is for coaches though. And I went, yep, fully, fully aware, fully yeah. aware it's coaches. And he was like, he says, girlfriends don't sit in here. You should, you should go in the stand with everybody else. I need to sit there. I'm coach. And until Foz stepped in and said, she is a coach. And he like, he picked my accreditation up from my neck because I was yeah. in such shock. You were actually the whole wearing the accreditation. Yeah, I was wearing the accreditation, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not fully GB kid up because GB give nothing to, if you're not one of the paid coaches, they give you nothing. Um, So literally I'm there sat like in like, I think I wear like a green hoodie because I'm just like, you know, represent. Yeah. And um, and uh, I was kind of like, and Fuzz like picked up my pass and he was like, coach. But in the meantime, when he was telling me off, he missed his own athlete jumping. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, mate, priorities, really? Yeah. You're really desperate that you need to sit here. And I remember the first time I went to um, one as well, one of the Greek coaches. And I, I, I always hope that this was lost in translation, the sexism in it, I hope. Mm. Um, obviously, English being a second language. But he said to me, he's like, oh, he said, uh, what are you doing here? What, what are you doing? And he was a lovely man, lovely yeah. man, right? He was like, what are you, what are you doing? He said, are you, are you a coach? I was like, yeah, I'm coach. He's like, oh, who do you coach? And I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, uh, Chris Baker. And he was just like, oh, he jumps really high shocked first of all that a girl could coach somebody to jump high I was like yeah yeah he, he does he does jump high he's, he's doing really well and he's like ah oh. and you're going to be coming to these competitions and I was like yeah and he went ah oh. and here it comes yeah. here it comes he's like ah oh, it'll be so nice to have a pretty face in the coaching area ah oh, be so nice you sit next to me come sit next to me pretty coach and I was just like oh thanks Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> he may as well just give me a slap on the arse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I just think it was a lovely man. Do you know what I mean? But it was horribly patronising, yeah. so sexist, and just kind of like now. Fair play, he had my back from there on in. Yeah. Like literally, every time he'd see me, he'd be like, ah, "Come with me and the coaches," and because they'd like they knew all these tricks. These guys have been coaching for years and years and yeah. years. They knew there was these buggies and this place shortcuts to this place and that that I didn't know. And he always took me along with him. So he was a really nice guy after that. But I always hoped that it was kind of lost in translation. The kind of the sexism that he meant in it or he was actually just trying to be nice mm, but yeah. you know do you know what I mean when you think if you've seen that in kind of situation you'd be like oh, I can't believe he just said that to me yeah. but like I was kind of I wasn't really I was just happy to be there to be honest if I'm yeah. you know and so you just kind of put up with things like that and it's very hard there's one other female coach a German coach but she, she's older she's like probably in her in late 50s and like it was always potentially just me and her at max mm. being the only women in there and um, and even still now it's it's harder in, in the UK there's a lot of ex-athletes kind of my age Mm. Um, they're starting to coach now and that's coming through and that's really nice to see yeah. there's a lot more young coaches uh, so I'm hoping that people aren't going to be mistaken for girlfriends and things in future mind I'd, I'd probably be happy for that now because I feel like I'm getting older and uh, people won't mistake me for a very weird kind of relationship with an athlete otherwise 
But, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's when people start like shrugging, seeing you as a coach, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that though, to okay. a degree, because I'm normally yelling at people and swearing, yeah. and that's normally my main thing when I'm coaching is trying not to swear across the track. Yeah. That was another thing Phil's had to tell me off for. I had to yeah. apologize to the Chinese coach, because <laughs> basically, <laughs> literally, um, uh, Chris, oh, it was so close. Literally, it was a difference between like a medal and not and like he didn't get it and literally I'm very bad at an awful temper uh, I like kick the seat in front of me and like cunt literally straight away literally fuming just going motherfucking just rumbling away to myself and Foz was like Sharon you can't do that and I was like what you can't do that here and the Chinese coach was horrified <laughs> horrified at a point where I was like oh my god and I'm never embarrassed and I just went Oh my gosh, I'm super sorry. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's not like I was back in school again. I'm, just like, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, but yeah, so I'm a bit better. I'm careful not to swear in front of people like that anymore. So you're a good calm head in the stands. Oh yeah, totes. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally me yelling. Literally, whether you do good or bad, it's me yelling one way or the other. The silence is the thing you need to worry about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from you, that would yeah, be yeah. worrying. Silence is the one that you got to run. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. And good luck with your coaching in the future. Thanks very much. So it's good to see that sexism is alive and well in all aspects of athletics. Thank you very much to Sharon for being a fantastic guest and for talking loads. Great to have someone a little bit outside of running, but with some good knowledge of running as well. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Running! No. I used like my whole repertoire then. <laughs> Amazing. The very avant-garde. Of course it was. First up, the mass race at the Tokyo Marathon has been cancelled amid fears of the coronavirus outbreak. So that's 38,000 people not running one of the so-called World Marathon Majors. The elite and the wheelchair races will still go ahead as this is an Olympic qualifier and it seems the risk of 200 people travelling and running was considered acceptable. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame this one. I know we had to mention it. I kind of don't want to joke about it because it's mm. potentially a very serious outbreak. Um, it's unfortunate for a lot of people and I have seen like tweets I've mostly seen tweets responding to it and talking about it but apparently there's some people who are getting pissy because their marathon was cancelled yeah but again just I think I think the danger is with it with this particular virus is that people don't know they have it for a good like say I think it's about two weeks but they can still pass it on so people are still able to travel or even perhaps like run a race or something yeah. and still be able to pass it on. Yeah. Which I think is why maybe this was the correct decision. I don't know enough about it, but I know that it's getting worse in Japan at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me. And if it means missing, you know, it's not the end of the world if you're missing a race for one for what, one race, you know, yeah. compared to the potential for a lot of people to get to pass on the virus. If it was just one, it's highly contagious. Yeah. If just one person turned up with it. That could be devastating. Yeah, and already Italy have cancelled their park runs for next week in northern Italy. It's getting um, bad so, there as well. Yeah, so they, yeah. you know they've cancelled uh, outdoor kind of mass events as well. So it's potentially there's risks of you know even London and other large marathons in Europe eventually being cancelled as well. So that's something if you are into doing into any of these big races, just something to unfortunately consider. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world. I don't know why people are going off on Twitter and stuff. Mm. I, for some people, it may seem like an overreaction, but I think the risk outweighs you know yeah, you absolutely. might as well just is when there's a virus like this spreading why would you take the risk of having these mass participation events where people are going to be very close together and it just doesn't make sense so i get it yeah the the only thing i did take from this was the story was written by someone called brian dalek and that's quite funny <laughs> So an amazingly welcome story written by Alex Hutchinson, who is my new favourite running writing person after I read like one of his books. Uh, I now read all of his stuff and I love it. He wrote about whether flexibility is worth it. Yes. I like him already. Oh, I love him. <laughs> the American College of Sports Medicine lists flexibility alongside body composition, cardiovascular endurance, muscle endurance and muscle strength as the five major components of physical fitness. However, their own documents show they have no evidence for why flexibility is a good thing. It isn't associated with longer life or more successful aging, or avoiding injury like the other components are. So all the other components have a basis, have a medical basis for being the main component of physical fitness, but flexibility doesn't. They just put it in there because it feels right. So there are literally hundreds of studies 
show there are few or no benefits to flexibility unless you're a gymnast or a ballerina or something that needs flexibility. There have been many studies that holding stretches before running can actually reduce strength and speed. Because I know when we're told now to, before running to do dynamic stretches, but there's actually studies that I know a lot of people still hold their stretches. They'll pull up their leg and do that kind of quad stretch and they'll do that for ages. But that can actually reduce your strength and speed for up to an hour after you do that. Jeez, that, that's quite substantial. I am yeah. interested how many people do even the dynamic stretches for a run because I just go out and run. I just start off a bit slower yeah. and I like just let my body warm up that way. What I think is more important is functional flexibility and strength yeah. because if you're sat all day at a computer working, which most of the population of the UK and other sort of Western nations are, a lot of office jobs or whatever, then you're going to have really poor functional flexibility. Mm-hmm. You, you know, all your hip flexors or whatever are all going to be out of whack. Your glutes aren't going to be firing or whatever it is they say. So I think we've created this sort of, we've tipped too far the other way in mm. that sense that we don't have enough functional flexibility. So I don't think it's about, oh, which is what I want to hear, you need to go to yoga and put your head up, you know, your, mm. your leg behind your head and all that sort of thing um, in order to not get injured. I think it's just about getting up more and going for walks and, you know, things like that. That's yeah. what I think it is. I, I get this. Like, that seems to make sense to me. I think the reason why people are getting injured from not being, in quotations, flexible is because they don't have normal flexibility. Mm. A lot of us don't anymore because we spend all day sat down. Yeah. The basic standing, can you touch your toe test, however much you can touch your toes or not, actually doesn't make a difference, really. Mm. Um, I, again, I think a lot of this is kind of probably more geared towards elite athletes. But again, hundreds of studies show that uh, flexibility doesn't actually gain you anything on its own. As you said, if it is part of a routine and it's part of something else, if it's dynamic stretching and it's warming you up properly and you're using the muscles you're actually going to be using for your exercise, then fine. But on its own, yeah. But then again, if you do it and you enjoy it, it's not actually a bad thing either. But don't stress about it. All I want to hear is... You don't have to go to yoga and you don't have to stretch before you run. Mm. That's all I need to hear. That's all, that's, they're all the studies I need I to I mean, do. you still do need to stretch a bit before you run, but oh, dynamically. I don't want to stretch. I just I want to go. I think before a race is probably much more useful, but you don't do races. So that's fine. No, and when I do, I just turn up and hope Walk. I've got the right time because I've yeah. lost the information about when I'm supposed to be turning up and where. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not exactly prepared to stretch. I don't even know what I'm doing at the actual race. Let's go on to the next story, which is much more fun. <laughs> oh, it's about boobs, isn't it? Yeah. Great. I do this one. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about boobs again. Um, as multiple people sent us this article entitled, Research finds running in the wrong size bra shortens your stride. Right, okay, well, it's because they're falling between your legs. And... Well, you can just see now. <laughs> people have just read that article and have thought of us immediately, which I, I thank them for. Yeah. So this research was conducted by Brooks and the University of Portsmouth, which found that excessive breast movement when running shortens a woman's stride and that women running in a bra with poor support shortened their stride by four centimetres. That's quite substantial. Mm. Um, this, could, uh, this could add up to running an extra mile or 1.5 kilometres over the length of a marathon. Yeah, I can see what it says, yeah. but taking more strides doesn't no. make a marathon longer. That's not how strides work. No, no. <laughs> it's a, a marathon isn't based on the number of strides that you do. It's... Yeah, I saw that. It's like that thing of like, what weighs more, feathers, a ton of feathers, or a, you know, a ton of iron? Like, yeah, still the same that's way. a very bad take. From I saw a few articles that had kind of gone with that as their kind of headline or kind of top line thing. Like that, that doesn't make sense. I don't think the University of Portsmouth would support that statement no. if the scientists doing that. Though instead of looking at discomfort, this study looked performance and they found that marathon finish times increased by as much as four and a half to eight and a half minutes for each increase in cup size. This means a woman wearing a 32 double D sports bra would finish a marathon. God, that made me jump. <laughs> Just the door opening slightly. <laughs> it's the house ghost. Um, that's not a thing that you can now. Um, <laughs> where was I? Uh, this means I need to go back. Yeah. You laugh when you saw 32 double D. Yes. <laughs> I thought this is like maths. This is like bra- this is like boob maths. Um, <laughs> uh, right. <clears throat> this means a woman wearing a 32 double D sports bra would finish a marathon over 18 minutes behind a woman wearing a 32 A, even if they had similar fitness levels and a similar training experience. That's mad. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a really significant difference. Um, this difference is more pronounced. With- oh my god. 
This difference is more pronounced with larger band sizes. A woman wearing a 36 double D bra would finish on average almost 35 minutes behind a woman wearing a 36A. Yeah, this is kind of from a weird title and a weird headline. If you read into it, it's actually really interesting. Like they've actually looked at performance rather than just comfort. And yet four and a half to eight and a half minutes for each increase in cup size. You know, when I first read that, I thought it was going to say seconds. And yeah. even that, like for an elite athlete, seconds are, are really important. But well, there is that thing about just weight on its own. Yeah. There's that rough rule of thumb of like a pound is worth something like a second per mile yeah, for the yeah. same amount of fitness. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's potentially part of this because mm. obviously in increasing cup size, there's a bit extra weight. Um, but also I guess it's just, yeah, it's the balance and the way you have to move your body and adjust. Mm. I suppose it's your center of gravity moving around yeah. a lot, especially once you get up the cup sizes as well. Do a difference between double D and eight, 18 minutes over a marathon. That's huge. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I can't, yeah, I can't believe that. So so why do they think it shortens the stride? Because of the centre of gravity. Yeah, I guess it's because yeah. you have to adjust yourself and you have to... Yeah. I guess you are carrying more weight. And I, I don't know, because it does say similar fitness levels, similar training experience. I assume that means overall a similar weight yeah. as well, because obviously it makes a big difference. Because it's not just saying like, oh, you're running a little slow. It's, it's about the stride length, Yeah, so, which is really interesting. To keep yourself balanced, yeah, you have to yeah, run yeah. slightly st- shorter stride. Yeah. Something you also learned from that is the industry standard for sports bras, they only test P-cups. Which is kind of interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in this test, they did go quite large mm. uh, in relative terms. Um, and they actually looked at other brands as well. And mm. so usually a company will just test their own. And they will only test B-cups just to see if it works. Mm. But they tested all kinds of different ones and they tested all different sizes as well. But yeah, it's very odd. They only test B-cups. But the thing is, like, these companies make a lot of money off women. There are a lot of women that are into running let's just yeah. say that you know it's a very very popular sport so why when you've got those resources only test b cups yeah like, so you've got the resources to test more than that and maybe improve the product for those women that aren't b cups that are paying some of these bras are more expensive than running shoes yeah i was especially just, just... if you've got bigger boobs and you need like a, a more complex bra but you know what i mean like something that's more capable of holding you in place they're often very expensive. And obviously you're not just getting one. Like you're getting, so you can't just get one sports bra really. You have to get several. So whereas you could get away with one pair of shoes, if you're me, um, you have to get several sports bras. So they're making a lot of money off women, but they're only testing it on B-cups. It's, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's right. And of course that takes us all the way back to one of our very first guests, Hannah Phillips, who has destroyed every sports bra mm. she's ever owned. It, it amazes me because if you go on any running forums where there's a lot of women one of the main issues is around sports bras and people asking for advice, mainly for women with bigger boobs, um, asking for advice on which sports bras to use. Mm. And it's, I just admit, it just flabbergasts me how they don't test above a B when it's people above a B that have the most issues with finding, oh, I wonder why they're having issues finding a good sports bra because I'm yeah. testing them. Anyway, right, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> And clickbait headline of the week. Will the Boston Marathon be cancelled next? Literally the first sentence says, no, it won't. Is this because of the coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read this because I don't have any internet. But um, that was the, they went with that headline. Will it be cancelled? And no, no, it won't. Okay. The first line in the article says, no, it won't. Oh, right. Okay. So, (laughs) well done. As usual, runner's world. So, Stuart, what's next for you? I've got some cross-country next week, which I'm hoping the weather will be a bit worse for, because I've had reasonably dry cross-country so far. I've seen some of the clips from the, I think, National Championships recently, and they are horrendous. Some of the mud is, like, well over the ankles. There's a guy, there's a great video of a guy who's fallen in, he's on his hands and knees, and he can barely pick himself up as people just run past him, and he's trying to suck his arms out of the mud. It's brilliant. So I hope it will be at least a little bit that bad. I think it will be. Like the park near us, we've had to get Finley, the corgi, a little coat because Aww. he was coming back so muddy. We were having to give him like a proper bath every time. And now we just have to rinse off his little feet. So, uh, yeah, just a corgi update. <laughs> yeah, part of my pup date is I've now got like scarred wrists and hands and feet from where he's bitten the shit out of me as I've walked Aww, in. Oh, he's losing his teeth. He's teeth. Yes, because they're embedded in me now. That's yeah, why they, they might well be. I found one of his teeth on the floor the other day, and I put it on the coffee table, and he ate it. It's disgusting. <laughs> isn't it? Uh, also, well, a dog update next week. I'm going to Crafts. <gasps> yes, 
I'm so excited. It's not a running thing. I don't care. I'm just going across just to take photos of dogs. Run around there if you want. I will be because I'll be so excited looking at other people's dogs. It's, be, it's oh. a great thing. We were going to go to a dog show the other week, like like an amateur corky show, oh, and we're going to try and get Finley in and say he was over six months because he's really handsome. Yeah. And I think he'd win. He's a handsome boy. I'm not just saying that because I'm his mum, but he is really handsome. He's a, he's a good looking boy. <laughs> uh, Amy, are you going to do any running in the next I will, two weeks? I will. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I'm only asking because it says here. I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I am going to run. Running's going to happen. I promise. You know what? It's nearly bloody March, isn't it? It is, supposed yeah. to be running an ultra in June, which sounds like a long way away, and it would be if I'd been consistently check training and had, like, base mileage, but yeah. I don't. You know, if I had been running consistently, that would be fine. That'd be ages away, but no, it's um, it's it's looming. Yeah, it's looming. So it's going to happen. Running's going to happen. You know what? I was going to go out for a run this morning, and I looked outside and the weather, and I never used to be a fair-weather runner. I used to get up and think, just go out. Don't even look out the window. Just put your clothes on and get out. But now I look out the window and think, oh, no. It's too wet, it's too windy, it's dangerous. <laughs> no, the thing is, if you listen back to this, you may actually take your own advice, but you won't do that. No, so. no, 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 I don't listen back to the podcast. If you want to catch up with us, do so on Twitter at Running Is BS. On Facebook, we are Running Is Bullshit, and email is runningisbull at gmail.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, and if you have any friends, let them know about us. See ya! I touch people professionally.